0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: We have the first rookie touchdown. Uh, uh, sorry. We have the first rookie uh, quarterback touchdown pass uh, of the season. It's not Kenny Pickett. It's not anybody that we expected. Uh, it was Bailey Zappi with the first touchdown pass. We break down everything that happened this week in week four on a sloppy week four here on the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast. Hey, everybody, welcome to the RotoWire Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by our good friends at no house advantage appreciate their sponsorship uh we'll we'll tell a little bit more about what they have to offer later on uh, on the show but it is it was a sloppy week for sloppy opening here by me and the opening of the podcast too nick what's going on how are you
2: uh, I'm good. I'm good, man. Uh, yeah, nice, nice of you to to kind of you know make an effort to reflect the week that was uh, in the opening of the podcast. That's called dedication. But yes, uh, yeah, it was it was a very sloppy week uh, around the NFL. Uh, you know, my, my my Green Bay Packers, who I guess are partially my team, I should say my NFC team, uh, extremely sloppy in yeah. their ultimate win uh, over a third string quarterback. You mentioned Zappy uh, in the intro. Uh, that was sloppy. Uh, we, we saw plenty of sloppiness in in Philly. It was a wet environment. Uh, it prompted me at one point to look up what the record is for most lost fumbles in a game. It uh, turns out Trevor Lawrence fell just short. Uh, I think Kurt Warner appears to hold the record with five lost fumbles. Lawrence uh, lost four, also threw a bad pick. So uh, in some ways it felt like a step back for the Jags, um, you know, a very winnable game, uh, a one score game, you know, one where they, they they had a chance at the end, you know, before uh, Lawrence's fourth fumble of the day, but uh, the defense that looks at least looks to be for real for the Jags, but, uh, we, we can get into that later. We don't need to go full on Jags corner right away.
1: Well, let's, let, no, we, let's rip that band-aid off and, you know, do okay. it. The, the weather is a big issue in this game. There's a big yes. issue in Baltimore. Um, you know, sideways rain is usually a bad, bad condition to play in there. Uh, the Eagles, I mean, they managed to handle a little bit better, but again, I mean, they didn't ask a whole lot of Jalen Hurts this game, uh, but he did get his rushing touchdown. But on the Jaguar side, they had a 14, nothing lead in this game. Right. I mean, they jumped on, you know, it was like, Oh, Jags are for real. We're announcing our presence with authority. Uh, and then the, the turnover fest started happening after that.
2: Yeah. Well, they get, they get the pick six on the Eagles first possession of the game. That was mm-hmm. huge. Um, and and then put together a really nice drive that looked a lot like the Jags offense, these last couple games. games, um, you know, against the chargers and against the Colts. And then after that, I mean, like you said, it was just turnover after turnover, after turnover. And, you know, the weather was certainly part of it. One of them, you know, Trevor Lawrence is rolling out and just straight up drops the ball. Like nobody was really even near him. That yeah. one, obviously the ball was wet. You know, you, you chalk it up to the weather. But those other ones, I mean, yeah, the ball being wet probably causes it to slip out of your hand a little bit more easily. But he's got to do a better job, you know, protecting the ball in the pocket. You know, that was just kind of one of those classic situations where pocket's starting to collapse. You know, Lawrence isn't really quite aware of it. He just, all it takes is one little swat. Um, and it's easy for us to say. I mean, I, I have long maintained that if I played – Uh, In the NFL or even college football, I would fumble the ball every single time I I carried it. So I'm not going to sit here and say that I would have better ball security than Trevor Lawrence. But, you know, that's just something that comes with being a veteran in the NFL. You know, good quarterbacks, regardless of the weather, you're not putting the ball on the ground four times. And and those were just ultra, ultra costly for a Jags team that I thought for the most part, the defense showed up. You know, the defense was put in really bad spots all day. And, you know, still, I I thought, you know, it gave gave the team an opportunity at the end. Uh, to at least go down and, and try to tie this thing up. And like I said, you know, that's, that's when Lawrence put the ball on the ground for the fourth time, but I came out of this game still feeling relatively encouraged, uh, especially about that defense. And, you know, the Eagles are a very good team. They were at home. I think they were better prepared to handle this type of weather. Uh, but, you know, you still got to look at this on the other side and say, man, the Philadelphia Eagles at this point, I, I wouldn't say they're clearly the best team uh, in the league. I-, I think there's still a lot of, a lot of love for the bills. Certainly the chiefs made a statement last night, but uh, in terms of the NFC, man, I mean the Eagles are, are set up pretty nicely here. Uh, even just looking at that upcoming schedule, I mean Cardinals, Cowboys, Steelers, Texans, Commanders, and the Colts coming up. I mean they, they should be you know pretty handily favored in all those games.
1: Yeah, Cowboys game. I mean Cowboys have a legit defense. Um, yeah. You know that's the one thing we used to think of Cowboys as this ticket to the carnival, this show. You're going to get these uh, high scoring games every week. No, they're a defense. They're a defense and running game team now. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll see about that one there, but. Uh yeah, and that's obviously gonna be huge in the division, too. Uh that, that'll be a massive, massive yeah. game. Uh Travis Etienne had about as much playing time as James Robinson in this game, about same number of carries, each had eight carries. You know, yeah. it's hard to take away a lot from this year because the game flow, because you know, they, they had the lead at first. Like, okay, yeah, we're gonna have this measured game and all that. Yeah. but then the, the conditions kicked in, neither caught a pass. Uh, so it was a frustrating day if you had either of the two Jaguars running backs um frustrating day all together i mean if you had any of the jaguar skill position players when jamal yeah. agnew is getting both scores i mean and yes they schemed for this by the way a little bit because zay jones was absent they had agnew in yep. the slot a lot uh which pushed kirk to the outside which hurt kirk too
2: yep exactly exactly like you said zay jones kind of a big deal missing him this week for the jags he's been re- really really good uh mm-hmm. kind of emerging over marvin jones as that number two receiver and, you know, Agnew's had big plays in the past. You know, he, he's a, he's a, a special teamer, but it was really explosive for his size. You know, we wears a weird Jersey number. I think he's like what 39 or something like that. So he doesn't, he doesn't look like he'd be fast, uh, but he is. And like you said, he accounted for both touchdowns in this game despite essentially serving as the wide receiver for, I mean, he only played 18 snaps, but he ran 15 routes on those 18 snaps and was targeted six times. So a really nice target share yeah. uh, to, 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 to total snap ratio for Agnew Probably not going to be sustainable. I mean, he's one of those guys that you, know, you talk about if you're just if you're just looking at the box score or you're just sorting by you know fantasy points last week. Probably going to see some people rush out to the waiver wire to add Agnew, but um, you know, he's a nice little supplemental kind of gadgety piece for this offense. Typically, though, you know, not going to be somebody you can depend on for this kind of production. And you mentioned James Robinson. You know, tough game for him, but I mean, the Jags were almost like the they were in Carolina Panthers mode in terms of how many plays they ran in this game. I mean, they only ran forty six plays. Um, and you know, playing from behind for a lot of the second half, they got away from the running game and they just couldn't put drives together. You know, whether it was turning the ball over or not being able to convert on third downs, uh, we just didn't see James Robinson have the same level of, of kind of cumulative opportunity that he's had over the first three weeks of the season where the Jags offense was operating a lot more efficiently. So to me, no real reason to panic for James Robinson, just a weird game where, you know, you come out of it, Philly wins by eight Eagles ran 31 more plays than the Jags.
1: Yeah, when you have five turnovers, that that'll happen. I mean, they put the ball on the ground, Robinson put the ball on the ground one other time, Kirk at least recovered that one, but um yeah, it's hard to run a lot of plays when that, when that when that's the case. So mm-hmm. yeah, it just it, it's yeah, it, it really does that. Four penalties too. I mean, it's not too bad, I guess, but they had the ball for 20 minutes and 9 seconds in this game. Hard hard to sustain any sort of offense with that. So yeah. they get Houston next week. Home game against Houston. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they're going to be a survivor candidate this week. I think that they're going to be, you know, this is the, Hey, at least I can pick Jacksonville this week, get it done and over with, um, it, which might be a mistake by the way, but you know, targeting Houston in your fantasy players. I mean, Kirk, I think Robinson's a great start next week. Great DFS, DFS play. Yeah. We knew this was a tough matchup and the weather enhanced that made it a tougher matchup too. all these are things. I mean, that we knew about there on the Philly side of things, Jalen hurts. They didn't ask a whole lot of them through the early pick six, but uh, threw for 204 yards. Again, the second quarter is this crazy quarter for the Eagles. They didn't do a whole lot other than the second quarter. Miles Sanders went off in this one here. Mm-hmm. 27 for 134, two touchdowns. He's getting goal line work now, Nick. Um, he, you know, so much, you know, that whole, hey, Miles Sanders didn't score a touchdown last year. Well, he's got three now. Uh, he is third in the NFL in rushing yards with 356 rushing yards now.
2: Mm-hmm. I feel like you and I were all over this, you know, the, the touchdown yep. progression for Miles Sanders. He had one on, like, he had one on like one of his first carries of the year in week one, uh, and it's been off and running since then. And, yeah, you love to see the split in this game. They ran Jalen Hurts a ton as well. Um, I mean, this game was just unbelievably sloppy. I mean, multiple, you know, kind of fumbled snaps, broken plays. Like, I, I think both teams in the second half, uh, and Philadelphia was obviously more successful at this, were just kind of in, like, preservation mode. Like, don't do something stupid. You know, don't throw a pick six like we did earlier. Right. Um, and I, I thought we saw a very conservative game plan from Philly and it, it paid off, you know, when the other team is turning it over, every time it touches the ball, all you have to do is essentially make sure you don't lose the game. Um, and so we saw a very, you know, ra- run heavy approach, 50 carries total in this game for the Philadelphia Eagles. They rack up more than 200 yards of rushing. And of course, Miles Sanders, a big part of that did still see Kenneth Gainwell though, uh, find his way into the end zone in this
1: one. Yep. Right at the end of the uh, first half there, mm-hmm. uh, Passing-wise, A.J. Brown still got his. Despite the lack of passing volume in this game, he went 5-for-95. Devontae Smith, though, huge game last week. You had a chance – you had a really very narrow sell-high window. I actually yeah. traded him for Jeff Wilson in one league. Uh, I also had three other uh, receivers ahead of him, so it was, and I needed a running back, so it was kind of a no-brainer for me. Uh, but – you know, I, I think, you will know, you know, this is just I think this is almost a write off sort of game for them Yeah. on the passing game, even on the Jacksonville side of things. I think it was a bit of a write off game. I w- I'm not too worried about him, actually. I'm not too worried about Kirk. I'm not too worried about Lawrence. I just I think this is just one of those weird games and you move on.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I thought that for the for a lot of the day, the Jags seemed like the better team. I, I think if you say, hey, your quarterback's going to turn it over five times you know, two of those fumbles are going to be extremely costly as far as field position, yeah. and you know, and that interception is going to happen inside the Philly 10 yard line. You would say, okay, they probably lose this game by three touchdowns. So I think just to be in that position, uh, despite all the turnovers, I mean, it was in some ways reminiscent of, of your Bengals in week one against Pittsburgh. Yeah. And, yep. um, you know, I think to, to not get blown out on the road in that scenario, I think does say a lot. So uh, you can probably tell by my tone, I feel relatively optimistic, you know, I, yeah. I think they, they acquitted themselves well. I think the defense, uh, is still really, really good, you know, really, really aggressive. And that, and that's what you want to see. But of course, you know, to, to jump out to that 14 nothing lead uh, and then, you know, end up squandering it, it, it's a little disappointing. Did feel like Trevor Lawrence took a pretty big step back this week. Uh, but, you know, hopefully we can just, you know, move past this one and, and chalk it up to the weather.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think that's the right approach. Mm-hmm. All right, the early London game. This had all the feel of uh, typical Vikings. favored saints are playing second and third string players at their offensive skill positions all over the place. They, they have critical injuries in the game. Uh, and Kirk cousins throws a killer pick. Uh, yep. Then they just, they settle for all these vehicles, but they managed to pull it out. Jefferson, Justin Jefferson got well, uh, despite having to face Marshawn Lattimore, he went nuts. That's why he never bench your studs. Uh, Jefferson 10 for one forty seven, plus the rushing touchdown was a yep. nice little bonus there. But, uh, yeah, you know, you, you walked away from this one feeling pretty good about that. Uh, oh, yeah. Thielen, Thielen was pretty good in this game as well. I mean, Cousins, though, I just, I I don't trust him. I still don't trust him. The pick was really bad, yeah. uh, and he made a couple other bad throws. They had a couple bad drops, too. I mean, they should have, they left so many points on the field in this one.
2: Yeah, that's been the story of the year, I think, for Minnesota. Um, you know, not quite as a disastrous of a performance as Week Two against Philly, but you know this this offense. It, it just, I think, Week One against against Green Bay, it felt like they had maybe turned a page. You, know, it felt a lot less um, restricted than than it had been under Mike Zimmer. But yeah, now it now it just feels like yeah, you know they're they're sitting here at three and one. They they should be happy about it, but it feels like they could have two more touchdowns per game uh, with how this offense is operated and. You know, good to see Jefferson back on track for sure. And, you know, that rushing touchdown was really well-schemed. You know, basically walked in. It, it almost looked yeah. like I, – I like, watching it live, I thought they, like, blew the play dead. It was so open. Uh, so that was a nice supplement uh, to his overall fantasy value. And, and like you said, Adam Thielen these last couple of weeks, um, you know, at least been, like, a low-end starter uh, in some leagues. I, I have him in, in one league where I've kind of been depending on that, you feel okay about it. Um, you know, it, not a lot else, though, fantasy-wise here. Dalvin Cook was relatively – limited in this game did play did did get 20 carries for 76 yards uh, but we saw Alexander Madison you know of course working his way into the mix as well I mean Madison out snapped Dalvin Cook 13 to 1 on third downs um, wow. although we, we did see Dalvin Cook operate as a short yardage back so it was kind of a weird situation when we thought he might be limited he, he kind of was but at the same time you know you got to be happy with 20 carries for a guy who dislocated his shoulder a week ago
1: yeah exactly i find it interesting they're playing next week uh you know usually after the London game okay you get the week off but some team yeah. it started last year teams could opt not to do that so minnesota's got a home game against the bears coming up this week so mm-hmm. uh they go r- roll right back so we'll see about cook status you know making sure that that shoulder's okay Looks like it's all right by the way mark sanchez loved it when they threw to like the non-people like johnny munt dropped that ball that was a hideous oh, drop goodness. oh that's a touchdown that walk-in awful. touchdown CJ Ham like yes we need more CJ Ham out patterns yep. no no we don't we really don't more yep. Jefferson and this at this point Jefferson had like three catches we were like and then right. fin- they, they 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 actually kind of started using Jefferson after that after this on the uh, on the Saints side I mean hard to conclude a whole lot Chris Olave is a stud uh, got his score, got his first touchdown uh, they had they had no Michael Thomas they had no Alvin Kamara. They had no Jameis Winston. They may not have Winston for a while, is my guess. Uh, Ingram got hurt for a while in this game. Murray took over. Uh, Murray actually outtouched uh, Ingram. Uh, but I, I kind of think that's fool's gold. I don't think that's something that's repeatable. I saw a lot of Twitter uh, conversations about Alvin Kamara being scratched. Oh, what do you do with the early game? You wake up and you decide whether, you know, I'm on the West Coast. Yep. I still got up in time for that. And the thing is, you knew. He had three limited practices. He had previously missed a game with this injury. They added a player uh, from yeah. the practice squad at his position. You should have been on notice. And if you don't want to wake up early, because yeah. shame on you, but uh, there's, you should be able to swap in game. So don't, don't pressure commissioner for that one.
2: Yeah. I'm with you on that. I mean, it's, it's brutal. It is what it is with these London games. I mean, this is kind of the worst case scenario in a lot of ways. you know, having a key player like Camara be a true game time call for a game that, you know, for you kicks off at 6 30 AM. So uh, it's not easy, that's for sure. But, uh, you know, as, as Woody Harrelson once said in True Detective, a man's game charges a man's price. You know, you, you want to play high-stakes fantasy football, you might have to wake up, set the alarm, you know, get him out of your lineup and and go back to bed.
1: Yeah, I know with your partying lifestyle, Nick, that uh, it might be a little challenging. You know, you're in Madison. You know, the, um, rumor has it they have beer there. Uh, but They I, still I do. I can't yeah.
2: confirm. Yeah, first right. time back uh, in a while, uh, they they still have plenty of beer in Madison. But, yeah, it was I was – great to be on hand you know to, to witness the the official demise of wisconsin football
1: yeah it's weird it's really weird because they've been so solid for such a long time and then even like as, as recently as the last couple of years i mean there's they've been strong uh maybe a little bit of a, a downfall last couple of years i mean the quarterback play has been a little shaky mm-hmm. lately but nonetheless sidebar aside you know I, I i'd love to have wisconsin's last 20 years let's just put it that way uh but we'll see what most happens. programs
2: would most programs yeah. would at the end of the day. We got to, we got to keep it in context. That's you got to figure sure, out but... who you
1: are, but yeah. uh, sometimes it can get, it can get worse. It can absolutely get worse. Ask Nebraska. Yeah. Uh, don't ask Nebraska. It might be too soon uh, for them, but all right. Otherwise on the saints. I mean, I don't, I, I mean, I think we just got to watch for health. I mean, yep. Uh, Jarvis Landry got two targets in this game. Plus the two point conversion where he was, as open as a play can be another one of those plays where I was like, is this, is this, did they blow it dead? Because he's so open, but yeah. uh, Yeah. Not a whole lot else there. I just, I'm very happy that I have a lot uh, of lobby in a lot of places, knock on wood, stay healthy, please.
2: Yeah. That's, that's really all I have to, I mean, saints, it's just, everything kind of depends. Like if, if Michael Thomas misses more time, then, then we maybe need to kind of dive deeper on, on what that breakdown looks like at the receiver position. I, I will say, I thought Andy Dalton played pretty well. Uh, you know, if he let's say Jameis misses another game or two and, and Dalton looks like this, not out of the question that we could have a mini quarterback controversy. It, it kind of depends how much of Jameis's struggles we're willing to chalk up to the injuries because he's been outright bad these yeah, last couple has. of weeks. And if he if he comes back, you know, and and, and his, his back is healed, uh, maybe that goes a long way towards solving some of those issues. But I thought Andy Dalton, he probably gave the Saints their best quarterback performance of the season in this game.
1: Yeah, um, I, I really do. Want, I, I do wonder uh, what they're going to do there. I mean, it's four fractures in his back. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, Saints. By the way, they're one and three now, um, and they should have lost in Week One. Uh, our friend Joe Dolan had a pretty good tweet about that. that they're in bad shape. Uh, they're yeah. one and three, and you know they don't have a first round pick next year. Uh, so they're going to be in a yeah. tough spot here.
2: They're in, they're in rough shape. They also had the. I, I read this this morning. They had the two oldest ball carriers in the entire league this season uh, operating in this game and, and Mark Ingram and Latavius Murray. So uh, yeah, yeah, not, not exactly a youth yeah. movement here behind Kamara.
1: Yeah. Well, you know, Tony Jones wasn't good enough. They had to healthy scratch him despite all that, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, they're, they they kind of like, they wanted to go with those familiar names and faces, I guess, but uh, tough spot. All right. Uh, before we move on, all of our podcasts are on the blue wire network. Here is a couple of ads from them.
0: Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply need to hire. You need indeed.
1: Thank you for your indulgence. I appreciate the blue wire uh, network for hosting us. Let's move on to uh, Brown's Falcons. Yay. I can't wait for the rewatch on this one. Running play, running play, more running plays. Uh, although Jacoby Pressett actually threw the ball 35 times, maybe they should have run the ball a little bit more if you're Cleveland. Whereas uh Atlanta, I mean, they ran the ball 35 times. They only allowed Marcus Mariota to throw 19 times. They only completed seven of them and they still won. Seven complete passes, no touchdown passes, yeah. and they won 23 20.
2: Yeah, Mariota spent all week grinding Justin Fields tape. He's like, all right, that's how <laughs> I need to operate in this game. Seven of 19 for 139. I mean, yikes. It. I mean, it felt like Atlanta was moving the ball better in this game. Um, you know, obviously they ripped off a few long plays on the ground. Tyler Algier had one in the second half and you know, Cleveland played. Okay. It felt in some ways uh, like, like a redux of the end of that jets game. I think that was week two where, you know, they had a chance at the end uh, down three, all they need to do get into field goal range. You got a good kicker now uh, who could make a 50 plus yarder. And you put the ball in the hands of Jacoby Brissett. You ask him to make a play. He's flushed out of the pocket. Throws another terrible interception um, for the most part, he was okay in this game. You know, had a nice rushing touchdown, kind of kind of looked like a uh, uh, kind of a dilapidated like Michael Vick version of, of that, like yeah. know, breaking through defenders, <laughs> stumbling his way into the red zone. Um, but, you know, he goes 21 to 35 for 234. Other than the pick, I, I thought he was solid. David Njoku looking very good in this yeah. game. Again, uh, an efficient five catches on seven targets for 73. Uh, didn't do, didn't see almost anything out of Amari Cooper, though. He, he was a guy who, targets. Uh, I think after after looking really good in, in the in bad conditions, against a good Pittsburgh defense last week, just completely shut down in this game by, by AJ Terrell. So hats off to that Atlanta defense. And, um, you know, for the most part, I think Cleveland did what it wanted to do. You know, Nick, Nick Chubb, 19 for one eighteen, Kareem hunt 10 for 49. We see another, you know, big, big rushing game for the Cleveland offense, but I actually thought it was the Browns defense that just let them down time and time again, couldn't stop the run game. They couldn't stop the run.
0: Was it like yeah, ten I, running
1: plays in a row at one point in time, or you know?
2: I at least, yeah. I mean, given that split, yeah, that that that, that definitely checks out. I mean, we should mention too: no Miles Garrett, no Dejavian and Clowney. Uh, you think of those guys as I think helping more against the pass, but I mean, missing Garrett especially—that's a big deal.
1: It, it's a huge deal, uh, and yeah, but it, it was as clearly like we're gonna we're gonna run the ball. We're not even gonna use Cordero Patterson. He's not a workhorse. As a takeaway, there is that. We mm-hmm. we love him. He was in the game to help close it out. He, he's he's a difference maker, but they they gotta preserve him. He barely practiced this week. Uh so Tyler Algier went 10 for 84, had that nice long run. Caleb Huntley, who's Caleb Huntley? 10 for 56, third string running back. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Avery Williams even had a big carry there for 21 yards. I mean, they're committed to the running the ball. They're trying to like have as least amount of exposure to Mariota as possible. It's basically the way I read it. Mariota is not even running anymore. So even as a, uh, as a super flex quarterback, you can't really use them unless you're like utterly desperate.
2: Yeah, this is a weird game for Atlanta. I mean, you credit to them for finding a way to win, but they they kind of did it in some different ways than we've seen uh, through these first few weeks of the season, but they're, they are officially in the frisky zone for me. I mean, two and two uh, they're, they're a team that I think could beat just about anybody on any given week. Uh, you know, just finding ways to kind of hang around in all these games. Mm-hmm. And they, they, they gave the Rams a run for their money. Uh, they probably should have beat the saints in week one. I mean, there's, there's a world in which they're three and one right now, uh, kind of lurking as, I mean, as of right now in that division, I, I think they've clearly looked like the second best team. Um, I mean, the saints, I think certainly have the potential to be the better team, but we have no idea what's going on with their quarterback situation. They have key injuries. They can't really move the ball. Um, I, I think Tampa Bay is, is going to ultimately be just fine. Uh, and probably win the, win the NFC South in runaway fashion. But I, I to me, it feels like Atlanta is, is, you know, kind of on that same level as new Orleans.
1: Yeah. Well, it's, Falcons traveled to Tampa this week. So mm-hmm. this will be a really good test. Cause I think that this, the takeaway here is Atlanta's defense is actually good, kind of good at pass defense. At least yeah. is they have two good corners. And you mentioned AJ Terrell. I mean, he, he's been fantastic all season long. So yeah, maybe that's the real takeaway is that, uh, I mean, they I think they got burned in the slot in Week One by Jarvis Landry. I think that yep. that's the problem is that they don't have a whole lot of depth. That that's something they're developing now. That I, I think the offense is still pretty bad. But mm-hmm. I mean, 202 rushing yards. I mean, they they did what they wanted in this game and they they lowered the number of possessions and you know ultimately stole the game from Cleveland here. Cleveland's got to be kicking themselves here. They could be four and zero. Oh
0: my goodness. Of course, yeah. so
1: could the Bengals. Uh, well, and right. that, that's what that's a takeaway too. But. It was a wonderful week for my Bengals. They won, and everybody else in the division lost. They're tied for first after starting zero and two. So uh, useful there. The, the Browns. I mean, they gacked away the Jets game, all time yep. choke air. And then this one here, they they had a lead. They they, they you know they they they, yep. they kicked it away.
2: Yeah, this one wasn't nearly as bad as the Jets lost. Uh, right. But, I mean, it, it it almost felt like they they kind of put themselves in a hole early on so i mean first drive of the game they get all the way down inside the atlanta five and they strike out you know they go for it on fourth down and Jacoby percent threw the ball away on fourth down i mean you gotta at least you know throw the ball up for grabs i mean if you throw a pick so be it you can't throw the ball away on a fourth down so they throw away their first possession uh they hold atlanta to a field goal after that and then immediately fumble deep in their own territory uh and hand atlanta another touchdown so they they put themselves in a 10-0 hole right away. And, and from then on, it, it just kind of felt like one of those games where you're, you're one step forward, two steps back for Cleveland. Um, the only other thing I have before we move on, Kyle Pitts, man. Another, yeah, I was just going to bring that up. Another yep. complete no show. I mean, his snap count was way down in this game. They did. It, it's in certain formations. They don't even use him a- anymore. I mean, he, mm-hmm. he was outstaffed by somebody named Parker Hesse, 48 to 34, only 34 snaps played by Kyle Pitts in a game where they had, I think, close to, like close to 60 offensive snaps.
1: So it raises the question. I, I, a couple of weeks ago, I was saying buy low on Kyle Pitts trade for him. And then he, they tried to establish him against Seattle and he did all right. Didn't score, obviously. But I mean, is it because of their commitment to the run? Is Hesse a better blocker, for instance? Uh, do they yeah, just. I mean, well, I mean, they always talk about how Pitts really isn't a tight end. Well, uh, is, this, is this just the wrong team? Do we need a quarterback change? Uh, if, if they do, do bring, bring in Desmond Ritter at some point in time is that do enough to resuscitate Pitts's value or what are we looking for here?
2: I don't know. I, I at, the, at this point, I think that's kind of what you're hoping for. Just, just like a change for the sake of change to see if something happens. Uh, but I mean, this team's two and two they, you know, they they are coming off of a win here. Like, I, I don't think we're in any danger of, of Marcus Mariota losing his job at this point. I think right. it would probably take like, if anything, I mean, he's probably, he's probably on stronger footing now than he was to co- coming into the year. So Right. I, I don't know, man. I mean, this is, this is really tough given the level of investment and the level of talent. Like you just, you don't feel good about benching Kyle Pitts. I mean, I, I guess you could maybe try to, you could try to trade him, but you're selling at a, at the lowest value possible. Um, I don't know, man. I, and there's just not that many productive tight ends week to week where you're not going to go grab someone off of waivers and feel better about starting that guy week to week than you would Kyle Pitts. I, it it kind of sucks to say, but I think you just have to ride it out.
1: Yeah, I, I think you're right. I really do. Um, and uh, Arthur Smith's not soul searching. They won. Um, yeah. He's 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 fine. I'm perfectly exactly. content. Now I think game flow is going to matter. They fall behind the Bucks. That'll change things a little bit. There, they won't be able to grind like they were able to this week. Um, all right, Cowboys and Commanders. The Carson Wentz devolution continues. He, he's gotten worse every single week. Uh, you know, four straight weeks where that that QB rating's gone down. I, I, You know, they they got sacked nine times the week before in in Philly. You you kind of figured, okay, up against the Dallas pass rush, this is going to be a problem. It was a problem. Uh, But, you know, it's just diminishing returns. Two picks in this one, 42 attempts, only 170 yards. This is a flacco level of return on investment, maybe even worse. Uh, They've really started to fall apart.
2: Yeah, and I I think early in the season, they kind of looked like, uh, they might be in the same boat as the lions where it's like, okay, I mean, this defense is shaky. The quarterback is shaky, but ultimately they're going to be in these shootout games They're piling up points. You know, they, they scored all those second half touchdowns against Jacksonville, um, you know, scored some garbage time points in week two, Carson Wentz is like briefly a top five fantasy quarterback. And yeah, things have come crashing down these last couple of weeks. I mean, they moved the ball uh, almost, almost, you know, no, just for no yards uh, against the Eagles in week three. And then this was, I think this game played out just about how you'd expect, right? With this Cowboys pass rush uh, against Carson Wentz coming off of a week where he took nine sacks, only took two sacks in this game, but was really never comfortable. And right. you know, I think the way that Dallas is, is kind of moving around guys like Micah Parsons, giving different looks. I mean, it's it's been really confusing uh, for, for, for teams the last few weeks. And again, I think this played out almost exactly how you would have expected. Um, right. you know, on the fantasy side, Jahan Dotson gets in the end zone, did, did get hurt late in this game. Um, sat out the final couple possessions. We're not really sure uh, what's up with him. I mean, that would be another pretty big blow for the commanders, but very quietly now the Dallas Cowboys, I mean, sitting at three and one likely getting Dak back next week, Um, you know, got to be pretty much best case scenario, given where we thought this team would be the moment that Dak hurt his hand.
1: Hot take coming here. Dallas should take their time in bringing Dak back. Don't rush him back. I feel like this is almost like Russell Wilson coming back too soon last year. Um, and they face the Rams yeah. this week on the road. Do you want to throw them in on this? I don't know. I mean, yes, yeah, so I, I, I don't want to say Cooper Rush should take over. I don't, I'm not, let's make sure this is not a anti-DAC comment. It's a, make sure he's fully all the way back. If there's any sort of doubt, don't push it. Cause I mean, player tra- playing through a thumb injury, just, it, it could be a really bad situation.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think there's a clear distinction between make sure he's healthy, and we have a quarterback controversy. and Cooper right, Rush they a don't. starter. I mean, yeah, this right. isn't this isn't going to be a, a like wildly ironic uh, situation of how Dak got his job, you know, over Tony Romo back in the day. But yeah, I was watching watching some games with uh, friends yesterday, and we were talking. Like, I mean, is Cooper Rush putting himself in a Matt Flynn like position? Like, is there a team out there that is going to look into Cooper Rush as a potential starter next year?
1: And then regret it? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think he's a perfectly competent game manager in a good situation. Um, I I don't think he's done a whole lot. I mean, second half against the Giants, he did pretty well. Second half in this game, he did okay. Uh, You know, again, there wasn't a whole lot. This wasn't an offensive explosion by the Cowboys. They didn't ask a whole lot of them. He didn't turn the ball over. Yay, good job. Um, I mean, I think that's really it. I mean, Mm -hmm. he he only threw the ball 27 times. This is another game where they didn't run a ton of plays. This was a slow paced game.
2: Yep. Yeah. And it's, you know, it wasn't as much of a blowout as the final score would indicate. I mean, Washington was was threatening and in, in, in this game yeah. for most of the second half. And, you know, we saw a great job by, by Trevon Diggs, who, who showed up again this week. And the Dallas defense, I mean, it's for real, man. It, you know, even going back to week one against Tampa, um, you know, really limiting uh, the, the Buccaneers in that game and, and keeping them in it despite the offense not being able to do anything. And the offense hasn't been great, but we're, we are starting to see at least the awakening. Uh, of cd lamb who you know this this time last week he was on that short list of really disappointing receivers guys who you know are falling in your value meter every week and uh, at least now he's back on track and i, I think with that coming back you have to feel at least as good if not better uh, about cd's value for the rest of the year uh, although some help arrived for this dallas receiving core this week michael gallup back in the mix essentially served as a wide receiver three i mean in terms of snaps he was still well behind cd lamb well behind noah brown but uh, nonetheless, good to see him back out there. Right,
1: and Noah Brown got hurt in this game too, so watch. Yep. Uh, it, it could be he's a solid W, uh, you know, wide receiver too for their team, uh, if not for our purposes. But CD Lamb is kind of like DK Metcalf last year. I keep going back to the Seattle comparison. Yep. In Week One, two for 29-11 targets, seven for seventy-five, eight for eighty-seven, six for ninety-seven in the three games under Cooper Rush. He, this is actually his fewest number of targets. He had eight. This is the only the first time so far this year he hasn't had double-digit targets. You kind of kind of like that.
2: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And you know, I, th- I think the moment that he dropped that pass uh, in prime time last Monday, yeah, like, oh my oh. goodness, like what is going on? Is this is this going to be my life as a C.D. Lamb owner uh, the rest of the year? And all of a sudden you look up now and you know through four weeks he's the wide receiver thirteen in PPR leagues. Kind so- of a wake up call almost. Yeah, yeah, it felt that way. And, you know, he rebounded, had that nice, uh, you know, kind of diving one-handed catch uh, in the end zone to, to get in there against the Giants. You know, finds mm-hmm. the end zone again this week. And uh, a, a lot of big names ahead of him, you know, when you look at the the, the top performers at receiver. So it's maybe going to be hard for him, you know, to, to find himself near the top five when it comes down to it. But ultimately, there's so much talent at receiver right now that, you know, if, if CeeDee Lamb with a backup quarterback is still in the top 15 at this point, you got to feel pretty good about it.
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, Commanders get a home game against the, the Titans this week. Titans, you can you can move the ball against them. Um, we'll get to their their game against the Colts. But um, I, I think this is – I wouldn't say get well game for Carson Wentz, but get slightly better game for him. And we'll see what happens with Dodson at hamstring injury, obviously.
2: It should be. It should be on paper. We'll see. I mean, this is a – it's a potential get right game for him. Mm-hmm. It's also a – if you lose this one at home by two scores to the Titans, it's a potential disaster – uh, as far as where the season is heading type of game for the commanders.
1: Yeah, it could be fire the head coach, change the yeah. quarterback, get sort of game too. Yep, yep. <laughs> it's entirely possible. Uh four division 1 head coaches have been fired already this year. So, uh could happen in the NFL sooner too. It, mm-hmm. it, we're getting getting closer to the bye weeks. It's time for teams to make some changes here and there. Yeah. All right, our, this podcast is sponsored by the friends our friends at No House Advantage. No House Advantage is changing the game by offering the most dynamic fantasy sports platform available today. Play in pick'em contests versus other people for the shot at winning big cash prizes. Download the app, choose a contest, select your player props, earn points for correct picks, and climb the leaderboard for your shot at hundreds of thousands of dollars every single week. You can also test your skills versus the house and 20 times your entry if you hit all of your picks. Bet on up to five player prop over-unders or individual player matchups across every major sports league, including the NFL, NBA, MLB, PGA, MMA, and NASCAR. Sign up now with promo code Wire. That's Wire at nohouseadvantage.com or download the app and on the app stores to get a first deposit match up to $25. Make sure to check out No House Advantage today and experience daily fantasy sports redefined because it's not just how you play, but also where you play. You won't want to miss out on this. All right. Thanks to No House Advantage for their sponsorship of our podcast during the football season. We're excited to have them aboard. Uh, let's talk about the shootout. Let's let's talk a little bit about the Seahawks and the Lions. This one, I, this is like dessert when I go and do my uh, rewatches on mm-hmm. uh, NFL.com. So they're compressed games there. I'm going to hold off a little bit there. I'm going to I'm not. I may not watch Bears uh, Bears and uh, Giants first but I might watch that Cleveland Atlanta game before that there have a little like, okay, eat your vegetables sort of moment there. Cause this one it's all dessert.
2: Yeah. This was a a wild, wild game. And I mean, Detroit in particular, it just felt like all that needed was just to get one stop at some point in the second Mm -hmm. half of this game. And it just never, it never came even, even late, late in the game, you know, it's 48, 45, uh, you you know, times running down and they had a 35, I think it was for Seattle and there goes Rashad Penny ripping off yet another long run in this game. I mean, 17 for 151 for Rashad Penny. I mean, Geno Smith goes 23 of 30 for 320 and two touchdowns. But, I mean, it was, it was an equal shootout on both sides. I mean, I, I was looking up, like, most combined yards in a game. I mean, this was, these teams combined for almost 1,100 yards on Sunday, 10, 1,075 yards total. Um, that was the most in any game uh, since, uh, ironically, a game that Seattle was also involved in. Uh, in 2020 against Arizona. That one, won it, that one went into overtime, however. So to do this in right. regulation, uh, pretty impressive. I mean, I, I think I, I come away from this feeling pretty discouraged about the Detroit defense, that's for sure. For sure. Uh, but I, I think you also have to be pretty encouraged that Detroit is able to put up 45 points, albeit on what might be the worst defense in the league, truly, uh, in Seattle. But doing that without DeAndre Swift and doing that without Ahmad Rossi Brown, we saw it, I mean, or DJ Hockinson. Chark. Yeah, yeah. No, no DJ Chark as well. Um, you know, great game from Josh Reynolds, fantastic game from TJ Hawkinson, eight for 179 and two touchdowns, made some really difficult catches in this game. And then of course, Jamal Williams looked fantastic as well. So, I mean, this was a, a, just a gold mine for fantasy. It felt like everybody who you're potentially starting ended up coming through.
1: Yeah. I'm, I downgraded Goff, uh on my value meter this week because, you know, once he, he was going to be down his top two targets and swift, I was like, yep. Okay. Um, and Hawkinson, I mean, he had that 81-yard catch where the tackling was really, really bad. Uh, but, hey, he made the moves on, uh, on that there, too. And like you said, he made a lot of other tough catches. He got in the end zone twice, too. That was beautiful. Um, so the Hawk alarm was ringing hard there. Uh, and, you know, great, great, great performance them. And Williams got his. Uh, I thought he'd share carries a little bit more with Craig Reynolds. That wasn't the case. Reynolds only had two carries. Two good ones, by the way uh but you know we want to expect a little bit more out of that uh the seattle side of things i actually left i left uh rashad penny on my bench in one league big mistake huge mistake i started nick chubb who i was always going to start but i also started jeff wilson over him and i also started alan lazard over him and you know lazard was fine but uh boy did i miss out on an opportunity there
2: yeah i think we got to start talking about the lions as you know, one of the, the probably three to five teams that you're targeting in terms of matchups each right. week at this point. I mean, I, I think the fact that they score the ball so well, you know, almost makes them more of a target. I mean, they, they get they get off the field, they'll, they'll score a touchdown in three to four plays and then all of a sudden you're back on defense again. I mean, yeah. that was part of it is, um, you know, neither team was really sustaining these long drives. I mean, early on, uh, we saw a couple long drives in the first half, but after that, it, I mean, <laughs> look at the final like eight drives of the games. Touchdown, 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 field goal, touchdown, touchdown, touchdown. And then it's Seattle running out the clock. I mean, neither of these teams could get stops. I think we knew that about Seattle coming in. I think we had higher hopes for this Detroit defense, but this just might be who they are this year. You know, they're right up there near the league lead. I think they are the league leader in in points scored now uh, through four weeks, Um, but they're going to be one of those teams that, you know, if they're going to win games against even competent teams, uh, it's going to have to be scores like this. And, um, you know, I think Mm -hmm. if you're Detroit, you still feel, you feel okay. You know, obviously you don't want to lose this game at home, but, um you know like you said some some very key absences uh, on this offense and you know you lose a starting safety last week um it it just feels like this is kind of that zone that Detroit is in you know very much capable of scoring but not necessarily capable of stopping the other team
1: that's right uh and you look at uh Detroit this week they face the Pats so this is a pretty good test of the start your players against Detroit theory I mean I think you'll start Harris or Ramondre if you have one or the other um it's kind of like roulette on which receiver ends up getting the targets in a given week for the pass. So I don't know if you'll start them, but, and we'll get to the pass on which quarterback to possibly, they could possibly use this week. But uh, yeah, uh, it'll be a big test. Seattle faces new Orleans in new Orleans. So Chris Alave uh, rock managers are pretty happy. Uh, if Kamara comes back, that'd be a pretty sweet matchup there too. So we'll see. Uh, Geno Smith, you know, Jim Coventry said, let in his observations article, they let Geno cook. They didn't let Russ cook, but they let Geno cook.
2: Yeah, they sure did, and, and it paid off. I mean, he's had he's had a couple of just like wildly efficient games this season. And, and yes. again, a lot of this you have to chalk up to uh, some incompetence on the side of the Detroit defense, allowing 48 points to to this Seattle team. But um, you know, uh, uh, no sacks for Geno Smith either. I mean, that was part, that was part of this as well. Uh, good job by the Seattle offensive line keeping him clean. Yeah, um, you know DK Metcalf. We were very worried about DK through the first couple of weeks of the season. He's bounced back relatively nicely. Seven for one forty-nine in this one. Didn't get in the end zone. That's disappointing, but still, you have to you have to love the yardage. And um, then even Tyler Lockett, six for yeah. ninety-one. Um, you know, it's it's Noah Fant and it's Will Disley getting the touchdowns, but it was DK and it was Lockett doing a lot of the leg work.
1: Yeah, that's right. Uh, DK uh, got carted off. No, he didn't get carted off. He rode the cart to the locker room because he had stomach issues. Yeah. Uh, and it was a far away away. The locker room was too far away. They wanted to get him back quickly. So don't worry about the health issues there. Lockett had some of his production when Metcalf was out. Metcalf was tearing it up. He just didn't score. But seven for 149 on this one here. He's been pretty pretty good all season long so far. We've, you, if you drafted Metcalf, you're pretty happy with your return on investment there. All right. Talked enough about that game. Uh, a lot of Captain Obvious uh, analysis on on that yeah. game. Colts Titans the Colts are in a bad way right now
2: the Colts are in in big time trouble and it it kind of felt like the loser of this game was going to be in trouble no matter what but I mean this was another really discouraging game for this Colts offense and you know not only does Jonathan Taylor have yet another inefficient day on the ground 20 for 42 I mean that is a 2.1 yards per carry average uh, for those of you who do math one catch for one yard not doing anything out of the backfield um, I mean, this, this Colts offensive line, it felt like for a while was one of the stories of the league. I mean, it was yeah. just, you know, they're balling guys. You got Quentin Nelson. He's the best guard in football. There's just been no running room for Jonathan no. Taylor these last couple of weeks, really dating back to that Jags game uh, a couple of weeks ago. And yet again, I mean, this was a game that it looked like Tennessee was going to run away with. And I mean, the Colts had opportunities in the second half. They, they scored early in the second half to make this a one touchdown game. And then after that, you know, they, they have a 10 play drive and on a punt. They, they fumble away an opportunity and then they miss a field goal late um, that that would have at least you know kind of created one more opportunity there if they could get a stop but man I mean it's been it's been rough I mean Matt Ryan the yardage looks good here you know the, the final line is okay 27 of 37 for 356 but took three sacks fumbled two more times he's now fumbled nine times
0: nine the first four times games of the year well we yeah.
2: lost one of them today thankfully but nine fumbles I mean it's it just doesn't look confident. I, no. I, I, I once again, we, I've, I've said this a couple times this year, but I think I woefully misevaluated just how uh, how competent this Colts offense would be. I, I think we 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 kind of misrepresented what the weapons were uh, beyond Michael Pittman, who didn't do much in this game. Uh, I mean, if it's not for Mo Ali Cox, who's just like a touchdown machine, all of a sudden, um, you know, between him and Jelani Woods, like no one else is really doing anything in this offense.
1: Yeah, and by the way, that's not bankable at all. I mean, Cox no. was barely getting any targets heading in this week. No. Uh, and Jelani Woods got one this week. Happened to go for 33 yards. Maybe this should go more than one. But uh, no, and, and the thing is, Michael Pittman suffered in this one there. they Matt Ryan threw for 356. If I told you Matt Ryan threw for 356 and two touchdowns, and you're a Michael Pitt, Pittman manager, you're like, okay, can't wait to see his stat yeah, line. Yeah, right. You, no, no. Six targets only
2: on those, on those 37 attempts. I mean, yeah, it's – kind of a kind of a nightmare line when you when you you know juxtapose what Matt Ryan did yardage wise with who ended right. up on the receiving end it's like yeah if you if you started Kylan Granson you're you're feeling great about his 4 for 62 or even Alec Pierce 4 for 80 but yeah the guys who really matter and who are in fantasy lineups uh not not necessarily doing a lot here not a whole lot of takeaways for the the Tennessee side Derrick Henry got going in this game Um, you know 22 for 114 really without any long plays. He did have a couple screen passes. You know, he goes uh, three for 33 uh, through the air. But I I thought it was going to be Jonathan Taylor who got going against this Tennessee rushing defense. That was horrible coming into this game. They were allowing uh, almost six yards per carry. And we saw the complete opposite. It was Derrick Henry uh, who got going against the Colts. And more bad news for Indianapolis, by the way. They play on Thursday night this week. Already Shaq Leonard has been ruled out. So not a lot of help coming for that defense.
1: Nope. He, he hasn't been able to play all year. A uh, couple news injury items and one in this game, uh, Taylor just got a push that uh, X-rays came back negative on his ankle. So he might be able to play mm-hmm. Thursday night against the, the Broncos. The Broncos will be without Javante Williams. It's now come down. Yep. He has a torn ACL. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is out for the season, obviously. Yeah. Uh, we'll talk more about the Broncos coming up, though, but Mike Boone and Melvin Gore are going to be doing a timeshare on that one there. They both had uh, – well, I'll, I'll save it. I'll save the comment there about that. Uh, it, also, Traylon Burks got hurt in this game. I, I actually thought he was maybe a sneaky guy to try to add in DFS super cheap and see if he could have that breakout uh, game. He did not. He got hurt. We'll see what his status is going in. I um, mean, the receiving game, you look at it there. I, I, Robert Woods, 4 for 30. He did score, but you yeah. know, the volume's not there uh we're still waiting for that Austin Hooper breakout uh that doesn't seem like that's happening uh it's just you know Tannehill three for 137 in this one 137 horrible yeah
2: yeah you get the sense that if the Titans are gonna hang around this season and if they're gonna you know challenge the Jags for the that uh, AFC South crowd it's gonna be ugly
1: challenge um, the I mean, Jags. they're gonna I like how you that yeah the if,
2: if they can maybe mount a challenge to the Jacksonville Jaguars they're, they're gonna be doing it in games like this where you know, you, you put up 24 points, but it's just, a, it's an ugly, ugly 24 points. And yeah, I really can't emphasize uh, how true that was this week, but um, yeah, I mean, at least for the Titans, you're back on track, right? You start 0-2, you have that really tough loss to the Giants in week one. That's kind of a, a, an alarm bell type of loss, but bounce back with a nice win at home against mm-hmm. the Raiders. You go on the road, you beat the Colts, and now you get the Commanders next week, a very winnable game at Washington. You could head into the bye at three and two, uh, and you'd have to feel okay about that, but yeah, um, yeah, I mean, this is what like, I picked the Colts for Indianapolis. Uh-oh.
1: Yeah, um, yeah, and the Colts are only one, two, and one. I mean, honestly, they're in bad shape, but they're in the right division to be in bad shape.
2: Yes, that is absolutely the case, a hundred percent. And you know, they're 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 not out of it by any means. Uh, they're still winless. Uh, they do have the tie against Houston, but um man it's, no they, it's they beat the Chiefs
1: they beat the Chiefs last oh week.
2: they did they beat the Chiefs okay I blanked
1: that yeah, out of my memory I've, I've been know yeah, that I know and so, the, the so did the Chiefs apparently because they, they're, <laughs> yeah. they're pretty good about that but again we'll get into yeah. that too but oh, man. yeah I mean they're in the right spot I mean they, they just blew a chance though against divisional foes they're 0-2-1 in the division already they've, yeah. lo- they've already played three divisional games and that part really sucks for them
2: yes and oh. not being able to bank a win against the Texans I mean getting the tie in that one is that that's yeah. tough because that's going to be the easiest game on your schedule you would think um, but yeah, we'll see. I mean, they're, they're not out of it. The, the division winner might, might have nine or 10 wins. In that yeah.
1: Division. Refusing the free square is always a bad play. Yeah. Um, bears giants. Uh, Next. Next. Yeah. who's going to be the quarterback this week for the giants. I mean, Daniel Jones was basically was a decoy at the end of the game because of his ankle issue. They, all they said, he could be a normal quarterback. He just couldn't be a running quarterback. And then Tyra Taylor got concussed. They play the London game this week. Hey London, we love you. Here's the giants. I mean, at least they didn't send the Bears along with them. I mean, it yeah. could have been worse, but ugh, what a horrible, horrible game this was.
2: I, I read yesterday that this is going to be the first London game where both teams are above 500. I, I'll have to go back and actually verify and see if that's true, but I, I assume it is. It seems yeah. like something that people wouldn't make up. Uh, kind of wild. So finally, you know, London is treated to uh, to two winning teams, and one of them uh, is like the worst three-in-one team of all time. It's going to be interesting, though. I mean, like the, the London thing adds another wrinkle. We kind of saw it with the Saints this week where – you, you don't really have a normal week in terms of injury reports and practice and treatment. Right. I mean, when you have this long flight, you got to take your entire football operation across the world. It, it makes it a lot more difficult to get a read on, on, on those injuries. And again, it let didn't alone, work out well for the saints,
1: yeah, let alone flying in a replacement. I mean, yeah. They at the very least they need a third quarterback, right? They're uh, not
2: even carrying a third quarterback right now. Right. I think Just, it would probably be David Sills. Right. I mean, he was a quarterback at one point. I, I would assume he at least has, uh, you know, some of those skills, Uh, in his back pocket. But yeah, they're going to add somebody. You're not going to, you know, even if Daniel Jones starts this game and we'll see what happens with Tyrod, he, he left with a concussion. He was like jogging off the field. You don't often see that. You know, it didn't, it certainly didn't look like a concussion. Uh, So he, I mean, if if both of those guys are are limited or out they're for sure, adding somebody who knows who who they'll pick off the scrap heap.
1: I know of an independent neurologist who could check Taylor out for them if they want. (laughs) He's available. He's
2: got plenty of time on his hands now.
1: Yeah. Uh, And, even before that, Daniel Jones, 8 for 13 for 71 yards. Yeah. vulture two rushing touchdowns, though. Oh, man. Hey, 6 for 68. I mean, he ran the ball effectively, in fairness. The Bears uh, looked if, like
2: they had never seen a play fake where the quarterback keeps it. I mean, they, they were yeah. burning them on that over and over. That's a great comment, though, by the way. It's like, yeah, Daniel Jones can play. He just can't run. It's like, okay, well, then what is he offering you?
1: Exactly. Exactly. Uh, what a weird game. Barkley looks great, again. He uh, I, I wish I had more Barkley in my life. I have him in yeah. one league. I really wish I had him in more leagues. And Liss yeah, but, was right.
0: Yeah. Uh.
2: I know. We should. It kills me to say it. We should have heeded Chris Liss's advice. I mean, Barkley is, is the number one running back in fantasy right now in PPR. It's, it's kind of him and Nick Chubb on their own island right now in terms of you know total scoring through these first couple of weeks. But, yeah, I mean, he looks – I would say – I don't know if Barkley's going to end up as the RB1 at the end of the year, but he has been, to me, the single most impressive running back in the league just, just in terms of how it looks. I mean, he is – he's fully
1: back. Yeah. And dealing when you have no receivers whatsoever right. on the roster, right. the I level mean, of
2: difficulty for him is insane.
1: Yeah, it is. It's really insane. Uh, so he, he looks fantastic. 31 carries though. I, mean, I wonder if they're going to wear him out, uh, but we'll see. I mean, he, yeah. he handled the workload just fine. They're not going to, but they're not always going to have the advantage of facing a team who can't throw at all. Uh, and that's the case with the bears. I yeah. mean, abandon all hope ye who enter here. I mean, it's, it Justin Fields looks terrible. He's getting no help. He got sacked six times. Uh, he didn't throw any interceptions, at least. But they did. They they fumbled three times. Uh, Vilas Jones fumbled a punt. Uh, Tristan Eb- Tristan Ebner came in and mm-hmm. put one on the ground. Khalil Herbert looked okay, four yards per carry. But you know they, he was facing an eight man front. I mean, they just said, "Go ahead, yeah. try to throw on us. You're not going to be able to." Yeah.
2: I mean, this was – it was ugly, obviously, for the Bears. It was about what, what most people expected. There's a great quote from, from Justin Fields after the game. Jason Leeser uh, of the Chicago Sun-Times said, you know, just why isn't the passing game working? And Fields says, who said the passing game isn't working? And uh, Leeser said, the stats. And Fields responded, well, the stats don't matter. So there you have it.
1: Okay, problem solved. Yeah. All right, all right moving so on. <laughs> uh, Darnell Mooney actually showed signs of life. Uh, yeah, did have that nice 56 long catch yard this game. Yeah. Four for ninety four. Cole Komet. I was so wrong. I thought Komet would be a breakout guy this year and it's more like a broken guy this year, unfortunately.
2: Yeah, I love Komet. I, I thought he was kind of in that Pat Fryermuth territory where he would mm-hmm. he would he would kind of operate as the safety valve and a really bad passing offense. And it's worked out for Fryermuth that it's not it has not worked out for Komet.
1: Yep. Yep. Uh, he's kind of a cut for me. You know, I, I thought he was like the tight end equivalent of miles Sanders. Okay. Yeah. He didn't score, but he, the touches were there and he's effective. But Nope. Not the case. All right. Enough about the stupid bears. I don't want to talk about them anymore. Uh, let's talk Jets Steelers instead. A lot of people worried here. This is a, this is a lot of source of consternation for people. Uh, we've seen like four comment, four people asking about Najee and, in, in the, uh, chat room here. Uh, Najee Harris. Now, can he, can he pick it taken over? Um, I, I've renamed him. Can I pick it? Uh, you don't like that one, but we're going to go with it anyhow. Uh, cause he threw three interceptions. Uh, just look, you know, one of those was on a hail Mary. It was a beautiful yeah. hail Mary. It had nice trajectory. It was, you know, he got it, it there and Trubisky wouldn't have, but Trubisky earned his benching, you know, make no doubt about like it. Um, but Najee Harris, 18 for 74, four yards of carry. I mean, it's not too bad, but no targets in the passing game. Um, This is a pretty moribund Steelers offense right now.
2: It sure is, and it it didn't. It didn't look a whole lot different with Kenny Pickett. I mean, he was willing to at least throw the ball downfield. It's interesting that he ended this game with three incompletions. All three were interceptions, and there's, you know, there's kind of an asterisk for all of them, right? One of them once off, goes off the hands of a receiver. The other one was a nice deep ball to chase Claypool. You know, wasn't double coverage, yeah, and. It should have at least got a, more of a hand on it. Kind of a mistimed jump by Claypool, and really, I mean, that's why you have Chase Claypool, right? Those are the balls that you, you're paying him uh, mm-hmm. to come down with. So it's not going to go down as like a great throw by Kenny Pickett, but it was, you know, catchable, and it, w- it wasn't exactly a bad pick. So, right, I, I think for a guy who has three interceptions in his in his first NFL game, um, you, you can kind of make an excuse for all three of them, and, and I think it's legitimate. So the biggest thing you could say about Pickett, though, is there was a a massive shift in energy when he came in that game. I mean, there the fans are chanting Kenny, Kenny. Like there was none of that for Mitchell Trubisky. I think just the, the act of making a change, I, I think makes me encouraged for the direction that this Steelers offense is going to go. Even if ultimately in the short term, the results probably won't be all that different. It, it at least feels like there's going to be a different energy here because I mean, the Trubisky thing, it got stale so quickly.
1: Really quickly. And I'm, I'm, I'm surprised it worked out as badly as it did, to be honest. Uh, I thought, yeah, I thought, I mean, I, I just thought escaping again. I mean, how many times we talk about this? Oh, he just needs to change his hearing. Well, maybe he was part of the problem. Awesome. I don't know. And uh, it looks like that might be might have been the case here. Uh they were down 10-6 at halftime on this one here. Mm. Just earned that benching there. Another pick, got sacked three times. Uh yeah, it was just um, just a stinky offense. Now they face Buffalo in Buffalo this upcoming week. So uh Yeah. Yeah. Pickett's, a, I, you know, and, and quarterbacks are having a really rough time against the Bills so far. So, I, I you know, even Lamar didn't go crazy against them. So, no. well, of course, that was also in the remnants of Ian, Hurricane Ian, too. So uh, hard to judge any conclusions from that game. But going back to Pickett, I, not a start this week for me, uh, unless you're just desperate in a QB flex league. Uh, but I think in the long term, George Pickens benefits from this. He well, he definitely been in the short term. Oh, yeah. Deontay Johnson, only four targets, two for 11 in this game. Is this, is this a, okay, he doesn't fit well with picket, or is this just the way the game worked out?
2: I think we got to give it another week or two and, and kind of see, uh, you know, how this, how this affects Deontay Johnson. But to me, it feels like it's, it's a, a lateral move probably at worst, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it, he, he was at least sustaining some value under Trubisky, but if you go back and watch a lot of the catches, I mean, it's like hundred out of a hundred difficulty level, uh, you know, Deontay Johnson, like w- routine throws for other quarterbacks have to turn into like one handed catches because they're so off target. Um, I mean, it's really encouraging for Pickens to see him break out like this. That's for sure. Um, yeah. And Fryer booth, you know, sustained his value as well. Seven for one eighty five. Not panicking yet on Deontay Johnson, but we'll see. I mean, the, the problem is, I don't think Buffalo is going to give us a great sense for what to expect going forward. I mean, that is a for Pickett, presumably making his first NFL start next week on the road at the Bills. I mean, they are two touchdown dogs in that game. I just – I don't really feel like we're going to come away from that one feeling great about anybody. So I, it, it might take three, four games until we have a better sample.
1: Yeah, deny us the opportunity to have a Mitch Trubisky revenge game, though. I'm, I'm yes. kind of bummed out about that. <laughs> uh, on the Jets side, hey, they actually won this game, and they're 2-2 two and two now. Uh, the narrative on Zach Wilson has to change quite a bit. I mean, the, the 14 points in the fourth quarter. Uh, otherwise, it would have been a disaster of a game through two picks, yep. only seven yards per attempt. QB rating was pretty low, but he he – orchestrated two comebacks in part because of field position by those interceptions uh, they kind of smashed and grabbed this game.
2: Yeah, they really did. And I was I, all week, I was kind of banging the drum for Pittsburgh. I, I thought this was going to be a great spot. I'm um, a Zach Wilson guy at all. Um, I, I thought they would be able to turn him over. They did, uh, but they just couldn't get enough stops, you know, uh, allowing the jets to get to 24 points in this game with Zach Wilson throwing two interceptions. I, I thought Pittsburgh's defense would be able to do a better job than that, but it was too late touchdown drives the Jets that that ultimately were able to uh deliver them this win. I mean, Pittsburgh was up twenty to ten in this game at the end of the third quarter. And yeah. allowed the Jets to to get back in. And of course, you know, the, the pick by by Kenny Pickett did not help. That occurred um you know on the other side of the fifty yard line around the Jets thirty five. So um you know that 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 gave the Jets reasonable field position. And you gotta hand it to, to Zach Wilson. I mean I still I didn't come away from that game being blown away by anything that he did, but you know, ultimately got to 250 and, and delivered them a win against a really good defense on the road.
1: He evaded the pass rush. He only got sacked one yeah. time. Yeah, um, and TJ Watt, at his absence, is actually you know the Steelers don't win without him. They yeah. they just don't. Highsmith missed on a sack, uh, on at least one sack that I think Flacco doesn't get away from. So Wilson's mobility helped him a little bit in that case uh they spread the targets around Garrett Wilson only had two caches Corey Davis five for 74 he was the beneficiary this week but I don't think that's bankable I think he's a guy that probably should be rostered but he's also tough to start
2: yeah should be rostered at this point for sure there's I mean there's weirdly been a lot of production in this Jets receiving court it's just been different guys every week I mean Tyler Conklin has been fairly bankable at this point I mean three for yeah. 52 for him uh in this game I mean it's The problem is it feels like one week it's Garrett Wilson. Then next week it's Corey Davis. And, you know, at some point Elijah Moore is going to be a bigger factor in this offense. I think a lot of people are high on, on the connection that he showed, you know, at times last year with Zach Wilson. So it it feels like it's going to be frustrating. I I don't know if there's going to be one or two guys you could depend on every single week. I think the other thing before we move on to, to address with the jets too, is Brees Hall. I mean, two, two receptions for 12 yards, but 17 carries for 66. He out carries Michael Carter, 17 to nine, excuse me, in this game. And he certainly looked like the more dynamic back. I I think his meter is is definitely pointing up as we continue along.
1: Right. And by the way, he almost fumbled that game-winning touchdown too. Yes, he did. That Uh, was very close. Yeah, very, very close on that one there. All right, before we move on to Bills and the Ravens, quick note from Play with Swagger. There are 50 million fantasy sports players and sports bettors in the US, but 90% of all cash prizes are won by only 2% of players. That's because most sports gaming options were created for pros. You know, the dude's dropping loads of cash on data to find an edge over the rest of us. Not Swagger. Swagger is a daily fantasy sports site created for sports fans who simply want some skin in the game and a real shot at winning. Tired of losing because of one bad pick? With Swagger, you don't need to be perfect to win. You simply need to create a ticket of four to 10 simple player props and score points for the ones you get right. Your score determines your win. Not the perfect ticket. You can be half right and be all right with Swagger. Swagger offers the most player props and biggest payouts of any DFS site, as much as 50 times your money. Plus, you can play fancy football along with all the major US pro sports, as well as international soccer, Formula One, NASCAR, fight sports, rugby, cricket, and even esports. Ready to play? Visit slash Rotawire to sign up, and Swagger will give you $10 free to try them out, plus, match your first deposit. 100% up to $100 swagger daily fantasy for all fan kind. We were expecting big things out of Buffalo, Baltimore, but the weather intervened turned this game a little bit into the, uh, into the muck, Nick, uh, you know, still 23, 20. Nice comeback at the end by uh, Josh Allen, getting that rushing touchdown uh, to tie the game. And then the drive at the end, but I think any analysis of this game has to start with the decision and that to go for it in a fourth down in a tie game. Uh, it ended up throwing an interception in the end zone instead. Uh, you only have the best kicker of all time in Justin Tucker. That, that's the thing that's kind of interesting about that there. Uh, what did you think about that decision?
2: You know, I, I didn't hate it just because, you know, I, I think you kind of had the sense at that point that Buffalo had unlocked something offensively and they were going to go down and at least get a field goal try. Um, although with the elements, you know, it, it, a 35 yard field goal isn't as much of a guarantee uh, in that type of game as it normally would be. So right. in some ways you want to take the points, you know, you, you certainly would, would prefer to have the lead in that situation. But it's a big deal to have a touchdown on the board relative to a field goal. So I, I mm-hmm. didn't hate it. The one thing, though, with throwing the pick in that situation is especially key because, you know, it's one thing if you get stuffed with a run play or you throw incomplete. Buffalo's taking over at the two yard line. You know, turning that into an interception, that was a huge swing for field position, right? Not having to operate with your back to the goal line uh, and getting the ball out at the twenty-five yard line. That that to me was was really, really big. And that was a big mistake by Lamar Jackson, allowing Jordan Poyer to pick off that pass. But I, I like the play. I mean, it was a really nice identification by Poyer, who came kind of out of nowhere, came all the way across the field to intercept yeah. that throw. Uh, but you know, man, it just it feels like that the Ravens sometimes the aggression pays off. Other times it doesn't. I mean, it felt like everybody was on board with this decision. Like I do love the, the general concept of, you know, Jim Harbaugh essentially leaving the decision oftentimes in the hands of his quarterback and saying, look, you want to go for this? You feel good about it? Let's do it. Because
1: of course quarterback's always going to say yes though. Yeah,
2: exactly. Exactly. It it goes both ways though. I don't know. Like if the Ravens score there, we're probably praising them for for making this brilliant decision. Uh, And obviously they don't and it it goes the other way, but uh, yeah, like you said, really weird game. It's slow start for the bills. Allen throws a pick almost immediately. Yeah. Uh, Buffalo's not able to get really much of anything going in the first half, but it was pretty much single-handedly Josh Allen keeping them in this game uh, and then finding ways to win. I mean, they they did benefit from a fairly questionable late hit call on Josh Allen during yes. that final drive. That that yes. was a pretty big bailout. I think they had just taken a penalty on the previous drive, so they were they were facing like a, a long down and distance in the rain against that Buffalo or against that Baltimore defense. And in a lot of ways, it, it felt like that was really the biggest differential.
1: Yeah, I felt like we were deprived a game that we really should have seen if it, but for the weather. I mean, yeah. both sides were really sloppy. Both averaged under six yards per passing attempt in this one. Yep. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I was, I wanted to see a little bit more out of this, but a uh, couple other things on this one here, uh, Lamar. I mean, obviously, I mean, the Bills I mean, really gave him a miserable day all around. I mean, twenty for twenty nine, but only five yards per attempt. One hundred forty four passing yards. He still ran well. 73 yep. rushing yards, you know, so he salvaged your, your fantasy day. J.K. Dobbins got a goal line touchdown. He got the uh, receiving touchdown as well. So, you know, he didn't go crazy. He didn't have huge volume, but he, he definitely picked up. J.K. Dobbins is, uh, you know, definitely the, you know, more of a feature back. Justin Hill, Justice Hill ran well again, 8 for 45. Clearly the number two. Uh, no more Mike Davis. No more uh, uh, Kenyon Drake. Drake didn't even touch the ball. Uh, I don't even know. He might've even been a scratch for all I know. I didn't get a chance to see that, uh, their actives, but basically they're done. Don't worry about them anymore. You can cross their names off, take them off your rankings yep. and all that. Uh, on the other hand, uh, you know, uh, on the bill side of things, I think we got to watch for the injury situations there with Isaiah McKenzie and Jamison Crowder go getting banged yep. up in this one. Khalil Sh- Shakir could be a really nice pickup this week.
2: Yeah. The, the McKenzie one is big. I mean, he's kind of been the ideal third receiver in a really good offense who can yeah. return fantasy value. I mean, you think guys like Tyler Boyd, um, you know, they just become bankable because that offense is so productive and it's so often finding itself in the red zone, but you mentioned Crowder. I mean, he, he was diagnosed with a broken ankle, so he's going to be out for a while with the match likely for the, the rest of the regular season. He's pretty much out of the picture. And and yeah, I mean, maybe that, you know, depending on what happens uh, with McKenzie, you know, that that creates a situation where everybody, uh, it's kind of getting bumped up, and uh, with McKenzie, it looks like it'll just be concussion protocol this week. So we might not know until later in the week. By the way, uh, you know, w- w- while you were doing that that last read, we did get a couple uh, pretty big injury notes for me and Rappaport. Traylon Burks gonna miss some time with turf toe, uh, and Cordero Patterson headed to IR after getting Ooh. a knee procedure earlier today. So he, you know, he was. We knew he was kind of limited this past week. Was playing through it. Uh, doesn't sound like he came out of that feeling any better. So. Um, the expectation per wrap is, is that Patterson will be back in four weeks, but nonetheless, a pretty big loss.
1: Yeah. And he came in back, back into the game in the fourth quarter in that one, yeah. too. That's the thing that I'm, I'm a little surprised by that. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't know. Um, but yeah, Tyler Algier uh, is definitely, he's available in a lot of leagues too. Uh, a lot of people got, you know, remember he was a healthy scratch in week one, you know, it was very limited in his work. Now he he's been picking it up steadily go get him. He's now the top waiver pickup, I think, of the week.
2: I think so. And, you know, unfortunately you go into a matchup against Tampa Bay next week. So it's, it's not yeah. ideal. And then ap- after that, it's the 49ers and then it's the Bengals and the Panthers. Um, right. So you don't, you don't exactly have this cupcake stretch in the schedule, but nonetheless, I mean, that's, that's a lot of usage for a guy who's who's looked good the last couple of weeks as well uh, to be picking up. So I, I think in this case, you kind of have to close your eyes and even if you don't love the matchups, it's still worth grabbing him.
1: Yeah, for sure. Traylon Burks, Got turf toe injury. He could be out a while. There's no immediate pickup in the wake of that, unfortunately. No, 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 no.
2: Makes you feel slightly better about Robert Woods, I guess, who is just kind of finding ways to to hang around. You know, He got in the end zone again, like you mentioned, but no real change there.
1: Yeah. Uh, One more game from the early slate, Chargers-Texans. I thought the Texans were a sneaky uh, underdog in this one, and they did put together a run late, and then... Then the Chargers swatted him back away and said, "Okay, that was fun that you made it a three a three point game late, but then they got the late touchdown." We we saw that Austin Eckler got kind of well, uh, thirteen for sixty two touchdowns, and then the receiving touchdown. Uh, mm-hmm. you, is, you finally got the, the scores from Eckler here. Uh, you didn't, you know, average yard per carry wasn't great, but they also didn't ask a whole lot of them. Uh, Herbert was great in this one, three threw for three forty. They they got well as an offense.
2: They did, but man, this got really dicey for a while there. Um, yeah. I mean, they, they were up 21 nothing uh, at one point and it looked like they were cruising toward the ultimate get-right game, like you're saying, and then all of a sudden, midway through the fourth quarter, this is a three-point game, and I mean, the Chargers needed to convert a fourth down to avoid uh, true disaster here. I mean, it, they, yeah. they faced a fourth and two uh, from around midfield with about five and a half minutes left in this game, and that ended up being a, a really big play to Eckler uh, takes a short pass, gets 20 plus yards. And from then on, they, they basically rolled, but if they don't convert that, I mean, this was going to get extremely, extremely dicey for the chargers. So the final result looks fine. You know, they, they covered a big number on the road. Uh, you feel good about how they started the game, but man, if you, if you watch this game start to finish, it was not, uh, not quite as convincing as you would think.
1: No, no, it certainly wasn't. I, they kind of took their foot off the gas yeah, kind of like the Arizona Raiders. Raiders game.
2: Yeah. Very similar. Very, very similar. And, yeah i mean with the chargers man i they're they have enough talent and you you have a good enough quarterback that you're always going to be in the mix and i they're like kind of an impossible team to jump off of but just just bad weird vibe so far with this team it feels like they you know every week they're leaving points on the table the defense never plays quite as good as it should I, i'm, I'm kind of starting to wonder about brandon staley
1: i don't know it's just charger dna takes over it i is. swear yeah it's nothing he uh, can do Mike Williams did, did went went off seven for one twenty, so he like it didn't score. Joshua Palmer, we at one target. What happened there?
2: Yeah, you would think this would be a great spot for Josh Palmer. Um, you know, it, I, we, we we talked about him quite a bit during draft season as like this you know potential breakout, especially if Mike Williams or Keenan Allen got hurt. Keenan Allen gets hurt early on in the year. It's kind of the perfect setup for him, and it just hasn't happened. It has not happened whatsoever. Um, and again, that just goes back to what's been kind of this strange Chargers offense. It never really feels like is running on all cylinders. Although we saw Mike Williams bounce back in a big way, he was extremely quiet last week against the Jags. He goes seven for one twenty. Your guy Gerald Everett just continues chugging along. Yeah, um, that's super super productive. I mean, he is he's tight end five right now in PPR leagues, behind only Kelsey Andrews, Hawkinson, and Zach Ertz. I mean, he looks like he's going to have some staying power. But yeah, Josh Palmer, one for 25 on one target. Just, yeah, not not really playing the role that we expected.
1: Yeah. Damian Pierce, they just need to give him the ball a little bit more, although he did six catches, but he only had eight yards from those catches. Got a uh, Damian Pierce question here. Uh, Rendon says, should I trade Damian Pierce for James Conner and Melvin Gordon? He he just lost Javante. He's also got Alvin Kamara. No. Mm -hmm. Damian Pierce, you know. Damian Pierce is what you're hoping James Conner and Melvin Gordon can be the rest of the year. And I'm not convinced Conner is going to get back to that. Um, and I, I think Corden's going to split time with uh, Mike Boone. I don't think it's going to be a full like workhorse guy. Pierce got every single one of the Texans carries. Uh, and he has like basically going forward, you know, I know Burkhead is more involved in the passing game, but mm-hmm. Pierce is, Pierce is a legit real deal. I know that, that touchdown run, he didn't make anybody miss. It was just like parting of the red sea. Uh, on that 75 yard touchdown run, but I mean, he's still, he was 13 for what 50 something. uh And his other carries, he, he's a good back. He, he, he yeah. runs hard. He finishes the run, you know, don't, don't trade away Pierce right now. I wouldn't do it.
2: No, I mean, especially with, I mean, Melvin Gordon has fumbled like five times in his last 50 carries. Mm. I mean, that's, they don't have much of a choice at this point, but I mean, it's, if you watch that game yesterday too, I mean, he just looks confused. Like he doesn't, it's like he has the yips kind of in terms of holding right. out of the ball. Right. Um. So that situation is not exactly maybe as pristine as it looks with Javante Williams going out and, you know, we'll see. It's not like it's just going to be the Melvin Gordon show. Like Boone's going to be involved. Maybe they go and bring uh, some outside help to, to spruce up that, that backfield. But yeah, even if you just look at the snap count with Damian Pierce, like, Ideally, you'd love him to be a little more involved in passing downs. It was still 11-1 to in terms of third down snaps in favor of Rex Burkhead, but that was basically the only time Burkhead was even on the field. I mean, 34-2 to uh, was the snap split in favor of Pierce on first and second down. So, I mean, he is the guy at this point. He got all five short yardage carries in this game. Um, I I think the, 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 the needle's definitely pointing up for Pierce. I mean, the question is, you know, how many weeks are the Texans, you know, going to be able to put up 24 points if they're not often going to be storming back like they did in this game. But nonetheless, I, I think, you know, that early season kind of panic where it looks like it's like, are they really going to do this with Rex Burkhead? That's starting to wear off.
1: I think storming back is what they do. That that's, that's, they, they almost, you know, they that, cause they fall behind. They got that part down. Yeah. They're very uh, good at falling behind. Yeah. Oh, three and one. They, they did storm back against the uh, Colts. No, the no, it's the other way around. I take that back. It was the other way around. They had a big lead against the Colts, they, they allowed them to storm back to a tie. Uh, Davis Mills threw two picks, he got sacked four times. Uh, I'm just like, yeah, you know, they didn't lose their fumbles at least, so they had that going for him. But uh, and then they got that recovery on the kickoff fumble, they make it a little closer. That was actually the fact that they couldn't score a touchdown off that turn that around was maybe a disappointment there. I, I was more bullish on mills. I'm less impressed now, uh, than I was. I mean, he, he got the, he, he had a fine fantasy day, but I just don't think he's that good of a real life quarterback.
2: No, no. I, I feel like he's taken a step back this season. Um, yeah. I was really impressed. I, 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 mean, there was a case to be made last year that he outplayed Trevor Lawrence and he just, he kind of looks like he's plateaued or like I said, is just kind of taking a slight step back. Just the accuracy hasn't been there. I've, I had the the pleasure of watching that full Texans bears game last week oh. and he was rough. He was really rough in that game. Um, obviously had that late pick to Roquan Smith, two more interceptions in this game um, for a while there. It looked like they had maybe struck gold, you know, last season with this kind of mid round quarterback. But I think to me, he looks like the, you know, he has the look of kind of a long-term borderline starter at best.
1: It's poor man's Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, sorry. I, I mean a longer neck, but yes. Yeah. Shorter beard. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh before we move on to the afternoon games, uh, note from our friends at Monkey Knife Fight. Football is officially back on Monkey Knife Fight with all the NFL action you're looking for. And if if college football is more your speed, they've got plenty of that too. On Monkey Knife Fight, there's no sharks, no salary caps, and no math. It's just easy to play, easy to win, daily fantasy player props. Join now at monkey and you'll get your first game free. Then use promo code RWNFL to get your first deposit matched instantly up to $100. So, what are you waiting for? Join Monkey Knife Fight today. All right. Unfortunately, we got to start the afternoon slate with Arizona, Carolina, which lived down to expectations. Has Matt Rule been fired yet?
2: Matt Rule has not been fired yet. Come on, Ian Rappaport. Knowledge. Let um, us know I, this. I did see a, a, a tweet regarding the Panthers this morning where Matt Rule confirmed that he will be sticking with Baker Mayfield as the team's quarterback Uh, when the other option is Sam Darnold, I guess that becomes a little bit more of an understandable decision, but man, this Carolina team is, is rough. They, I mean, the bears are almost in their own category where like, I kind of like watching them because it's like, it's so bad that it's, it's kind of an assault to the eyes in like a fun way. Carolina is just like (laughs) purely the most unwatchable team in the league. Like there's, there's like a certain sadness to the Panthers offense that at least with the bears, like anything is on the table. You you don't know what's going to happen. Carolina, it's like every time you turn around, it's like Baker Mayfield's dropping back. It's third and five. He's got an open receiver, and he throws it directly into the arms of a defender who knocks it down to the ground. It felt like that happened ten times yesterday. He had like
1: five passes tipped at the line of scrimmage. It was yeah, and horrible. I
2: mean, he's not even trying to get it over. Like it's like J.J. Watt is standing right in front of him with his arms up, and he's just like trying to throw right through him. I mean, it's yeah, it's ugly, man. And you know, I don't think I don't think Arizona's a good team either, but uh, they're they're fortunate uh, in this one. I mean, it, I think we saw another defensive touchdown for Carolina Uh second yeah. week in a row. They've gotten one of those didn't really matter.
1: Yeah. I mean, Arizona was in the woods in the first half. They were terrible, yeah. horrible, horrible. First half it Was 10, three at halftime. I think I tweeted that they were living down to expectation or something of that nature. Yep. Um, it just Arizona kind of found their way in the second half, but not really. I mean, you look at the, the offensive stats for Arizona. I mean, Kyler two Oh seven passing yards. You uh, did get the rushing touchdown that salvages his fantasy day. Uh But I mean, they, they were dealing with short fields a lot too. So, I mean, they, mm-hmm. they, they scored after that kudos to them for that, but it, it was an ugly game all around. I don't think, I don't think you should be sending the all clear here just because you, they rallied to beat Carolina. Uh no. But yeah, I, I just think that this is uh, two teams with problems. I, I think James Connor is problematic and I, I was big on him. I actually had a few shares of him. Mm-hmm. Uh ugh. Like James Conner over like Josh Jacobs, that's not working out very well right now.
2: No, I mean, the Jacobs thing, I, we can't be kicking ourselves for that. I mean, I, the, the the Raiders were sending all the messaging our way that uh, Josh Jacobs was not the guy. But, of course, he looked good yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, another guy I feel bad that I didn't really – I feel like I was just completely off of him this year is Marquise Brown, who very quietly is, is the wide receiver six right now. Uh, in PPR leagues uh, behind only Diggs, hill Jefferson cup and waddle. So it, it doesn't really feel like he's had a big year. It, it feels like a lot of it has kind of come in garbage time, but uh, over the course of four games, he's, he's been an accumulator.
1: Yeah. 11 targets. Well so once Hopkins com- comes back, we'll see what happens yeah. a little bit there. Uh, they're, they're down a bunch of targets. Dorch played, but he was hurt coming in the game. AJ green did not play Rondale Moore made his uh, debut and yeah, it wasn't really that, that exciting. Nope. Uh, Ertz is, Ertz is good. Ertz has been fine, and, uh, you know, he, he's, he's actually living up to kind of the expectation mm-hmm. that he'd step in. Uh, and tight end's a wasteland right now. If you have Zach Ertz, you're feeling pretty good, because at least you're getting a floor of some sort of yep. production every sort of week.
2: Yeah, I mean, you're getting a top five tight end in the league, so I think you feel great about it. Uh, we saw a little bit more of a traditional Christian McCaffrey game here. Uh, only yep. eight carries for 27, but nine for 81 and a touchdown uh, through the air, so you love to see that of course in PPR leagues. He's now up to RB5, uh, just a, a couple percentage points ahead of Jamal Williams for that designation. And I actually saw a great note earlier this morning on Twitter from uh, Ryan McDowell, who's the dynasty writer. Um, he notes that Saquon Barkley, who's the RB1 right now, and we're talking PPR, he has 86 fantasy points through four games. That is the lowest in any season for the RB1 at this point in the year since 1997. Wow. So to, to kind of give you a uh, you know, some context for – just how shaky even the best players in fantasy have been so far.
1: Yeah. Uh, scoring is down across the league. We talked yeah. about that earlier and running back scoring is way down. And I, I saw a lot of talk this week. Okay. How many running backs are going in the first round next year? Little as three people are suggesting.
2: Yeah. Right. And who knows? I mean, by the end of the year, you know, maybe one of those guys gets hurt or we feel differently about right. their situation. I, I think that's far from a guarantee. We, we did see a slight uptick in scoring this week. I know through the first three weeks, there were 23 games that finished with a combined score of 40 or lower. Uh, and I believe we only had two or three of those this week. So we're, we're moving in the right direction, at least. You know, Bears-Giants uh, kind of set us back uh, hmm. a little bit. And I, I think the other one was Commanders-Cowboys finished at 35. But yeah. every other game, we at least got to 40 points.
1: Yeah, And in the case of uh, Seattle-Detroit, both teams got to 40 points themselves. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, that helps the overall scoring quite a bit. So, uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's creeping up. So a little bit there. Uh, DJ Moore, uh, light a candle for DJ Moore. He actually had 11 targets this week, but quality of targets, just not great.
2: Yeah. I don't, I don't know if the the scorekeeper is, you know, just assigning him targets where every time Baker Mayfield throws it into a defender's, uh, elbow that (laughs) uh, he was, he was probably looking for DJ Moore. I don't know, but yeah, six for 50. I mean, this, the way that this Carolina offense is operating, like getting six catches and 50 yards out of DJ Moore feels like close to a best case.
1: Yeah. Absolutely. Aaron Rodgers said that it's unsustainable to play like they did against the Pats and still hope to win, especially that first half lowest, like one half QB rating of his career had the pick six at the end of the half where he said that he was, you know, it was, it was almost a little, his throw was so bad that he was, that he almost lucked out that he, that the defender over, overran the ball. I mean, it was such a bad throw. Uh but then the second half, they got it on target a little bit more. If Ro- Romeo Dubs completes a catch uh, in the end zone. We're not even talking about the overtime of that there. We're talking about what a huge game Romeo Dubs had. Instead, he doesn't. Uh, and They wasted a wasted challenge and that, thus a timeout on that play too. Uh, they could have won in regulation. Uh, but, you know, the daisy chains of, uh, of events that happen after that, you know, aren't, aren't necessarily going to be the same. But the fact is, they had to struggle winning overtime against a team starting their third or not starting, but playing their third string basically. QB.
2: Yeah, I mean, Hoyer went out like second series of the game. So it yeah. was it was it was basically New England starting Bailey Zappi. And I, I think I mean, Zappi ended up throwing a touchdown on what looked like yet another not quite broken coverage, but just like a miscommunication yeah. for the Green Bay defense that has a ton of talent, but it's just been suffering uh, from those. It looked very similar to a lot of the plays in week one against Minnesota where it's like, okay, the best receiver in the league is running across the middle of the field and you got linebackers pointing at him and guys looking around, nobody's actually covering that guy. And, and that's essentially what happened on the Devonte Parker touchdown uh, that really for a while there put this game in pretty major jeopardy. I, I, I feel like a fool for making the Packers. I think I made them my best bet in staff picks. And I know it was a big line, but I, I thought they could at least, you know, show up to the point that this would be like a 24 to 14 type of game uh, but that was not the case. I mean, the, the defense was was okay. I uh, had some big sacks. You know, Rashawn Gary, by the way, is is very, uh, second in defensive player of the year odds right now. He's been fantastic yeah, in the has. early going. But no, no, Jair Alexander. I think they felt that in this game, and it was it was a classic letdown scenario. It's like you know the other team has you know has a below average quarterback. You know, it's like if we just play our B game, we're going to win. And you kind of felt that from the Packers. You know, you had the there's an early yeah. fumble by Romeo Dobbs. Um, every, every game that turns out like this has a couple of those pivot plays. That was one of them. The, the Rogers pick six. I mean, that was, that was as bad of a throw as you'll ever see from Aaron yeah. Rodgers. And almost every time he throws a pick, you can make an excuse. You know, you'll see him, you know, you know kind of throw the chin strap and, and look at a receiver and say, I thought you were doing this. Like there was no excuse for that one. That was just a really really right. bad force by Rodgers. and it, it put the Packers in a bad spot. And I, I think they felt like they had to get away from the run a lot of a lot of this game in the second half especially and yeah man i mean i I still think the packers three weeks from now are going to be six and one and we're going to feel okay about them but this was a a a very very narrow miss in what would have been one of the worst losses of of rogers
0: career
1: rogers even blamed himself for Dubs' fumble because it wasn't like a perfectly you know it was kind of a way and they had to pull it back in and he's like we were you know it's almost too bad that he made the catch you know it's like one of those sort of plays Mm because he couldn't protect the ball uh, running game was great in this one here. Jones, 16 for 110. Dylan 17 for 73. Uh, Watson had the end around touchdown. That was a great block by dubs uh, to help set them free on that one there. Uh, so I, 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 all, at first, all I saw was Watson scoring. and like, oh, he's redeeming himself. And he did. He scored, but it wasn't on a pass. Uh, but yeah, you know, Lazar looked good. Six for 116, eight targets on this one here. Really, you you know, the ankle doesn't seem to be a problem anymore for him.
2: No, Lazard looked amazing. He's clearly, I I mean, I think Romeo Dobbs is kind of starting to encroach on his territory a little bit, but I think it's still Lazard as the number one uh, target in this receiving core. And then a nice touchdown from Robert Tunyon as well, who has been a little quiet through these first couple of weeks, but uh, started to look a little bit more like his old self. But man, this was, if you watch this game, it was shaky for the Packers. I mean, it was, you know, Couple big throws to like Randall Cobb coming through on third and longs, uh, you know players like that. You probably don't really want to be depending on the Rogers to Cobb connection right. in those situations. But ultimately, in the NFL, win's a win's to win, right? I mean, the Chiefs had a similar game last week against the Colts. They weren't able to pull it out. Um, so at the end of the day, you know we'll see where the season goes for Green Bay. But um, even if you feel bad about it, uh, at least you're not taking the loss.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, On the Pat side of things, uh, Harris and Stevenson almost perfect split in carries. Uh, It's like, I think it was like 51 to 49%. They face Detroit next week. Uh, It's the Matt Patricia revenge game. Uh, I know that that's the way it should be built, at least. Uh, Might not be. Uh, But both Harris and Stevenson are really good starts next week. Uh, Just if you're playing DFS, you have to kind of decide between the two of them. But it's kind of that way in draft season all along. In some leagues, Stevenson went first, some leagues, Harris went first. Harris got the score this week. Stevenson got the catches at least. So, you know, he didn't, he didn't, he, he was fine. If you started him, you were just hoping he'd get in the red zone, in the end zone.
2: Yeah. I mean, kind of a similar situation to what we saw on the other side, you know, with Jones and Dylan, both guys really productive in this game, you know, Harris and Stevenson. I thought, especially given the, the lack of, uh, talented experience at the quarterback position for new England, I was surprised how effectively they were able to run the ball. I mean, that's really what, what kept them in this game. Uh, the second half was just being able to consistently convert, you know, third and shorts,
1: yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, all right, last uh the afternoon games, Broncos Raiders. Uh, you heard the news already, but if you joined us late, Javante Williams torn ACL out for the season, devastating loss. Melvin Gordon can uh committed a fumble six, he was three, he only carried three times for eight yards. Mike Boone supplanted him a little bit. Uh, Denver, I mean. Despite all of that, they had their chances. They just kind of gacked this game away. And the, I mean, credit to the Raiders. They took it, but, and Josh Jacobs in particular took it, but uh, this was definitely the Josh Jacobs game. Um, what do you, I, I, how big are you going to be on Mike Boone this week?
2: Well, I, I mean, Mike Boone himself has has had some some kind of ball control issues as well. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I, Melvin Gordon is the guy. Obviously, he's going to be rostered in most leagues. It's going to be his his job, I think, to lose. But like mm-hmm. we were saying earlier in the show, it's not going to be you know it's not going to be hundred percent Melvin Gordon. And you know, if, if he comes out and has like a, a fumble in the first quarter next week, I think things could get really interesting because yeah. there's not many coaches or teams out there that have tolerance for guys who put the ball on the ground. And his fumble in this game could not have been costlier. I mean, fumbled it, returned all the oh. way for a touchdown. And that really felt like the, the true turning point in a game that all along, it's like, you knew this was a must win for the Raiders and you you kind of figured they were going to find a way to do it, but that, that gave them a huge advantage. Um, Although Denver, you know, was able to come back and and score on that next possession. I think both teams actually missed extra points, Um, you know, for the Raiders or go ahead.
1: I just weird to see it because, you know, Carlson hasn't missed a field goal attempt in that stadium yet. And McManus is pretty solid too.
2: Yeah, right. Very, very weird back-to-back. I mean, this was a strange game for sure uh, in its entirety. But, yeah, I mean, taking Javante Williams out of this offense for Denver, huge, huge, because that that was through the first three weeks of the year at least. Like, they did finally get Russell Wilson going in this game. He gets up to 237 yards, albeit only on 17 completions. But Javante Williams was kind of the best thing they had going, and it felt like they were getting away from him more than they needed to. You take this away from this Denver offense, and I mean, we've talked about Denver's very lucky to not be sitting at one three right now. And now you lose probably your most dependable offensive weapon. Um, it's going to get a little dicey.
1: Yeah. I mean, they barely beat Houston. They barely beat the Niners. Right. Of course they could have beaten Seattle. They should have beaten Seattle. So that, that one, that one's going to, and they're going to look back and say, Oh, what were, how do we give that one away? I think it really is time to let Russ cook that the problem is they're having a hard time protecting him. He only took three, he took three sacks. And he was under pressure a lot of other times too. Uh so yeah. that's something to watch for. There is like, cause really, I mean, unless they pick somebody up off the street, it, it's really two problematic backs in Gordon and Boone. Yeah. Boone had a really bad drop on fourth down. Yeah. Uh now, granted, they're already down nine points, but it, it was one of those where like, oh, that just can't drop that. I mean, it was an easy first down on fourth and five. Yeah. Just completely dropped it. Uh, yeah. so that, that was bad, but I think you're going to see a lot more, you know, I would be interested in trading for Judy and Sutton right now, two guys that really haven't lit it up yet. Both scored this past week. Uh, I think they're going to really get a lot of targets going forward. I think they have to, I think that's the way they have to kind of lean after all of this.
2: Yeah. I think, I think we could see a complete reversal and this team just kind of becomes a, a more high octane passing offense going forward. I don't think they're going to be able to depend on the running game really whatsoever and they didn't move the ball well on the ground in this game even before Javante Williams got hurt I mean 10 for mm-hmm. 28 um Russell Wilson was their more most effective rusher in this game did have a rushing touchdown um should have probably been a passing touchdown he hit a, a really nice throw to KJ Hamler uh, who stumbled at like the two yard line right and right. wasn't able to, to get in but um yeah this was easily Russell Wilson's best game of the year it's really not even close
1: yeah and uh, and albeit in a losing effort unfortunately for them uh, Devontae Adams, nine for one Oh one, Matt Collins, three for 33. So a big come down after last week's <coughs> performance against Tennessee. No surprise there. I mean, obviously there, are you concerned about Darren Waller only three for 24, only five targets in this one?
2: Yeah, a little bit. I mean, this is the second week in a row now uh, that that target share has, has not really been there. Um, I'm trying to look at his snap count in this game. I mean, I know last week it was really low uh, this week higher, you know, I played 60 out of 75 snaps. I, I think you're fine with that. Um, It's not Mm -hmm. like there's really any competition for him at the tight end spot, nor should there be. Um, But, you know, this is also without Hunter Renfro who missed another game with that concussion. Uh, I didn't see a whole lot out of Matt Collins, played a bunch of snaps, ran a bunch of routes, only had three catches. Uh, But yeah, with Waller, it's like, you know, if you're having these games without Hunter Renfro, you're not going to feel better when Renfro's back in the, in the lineup. And that'll presumably uh, be in week five.
1: That's true. Let's finish with the Sunday night game. Good and started worse for the bucks. They fumble the opening kickoff. The chiefs turn around score right away. The bucks ran the ball six times, six in this game. Very odd mix of play call mix there. Yep. Brady threw for 50, 52 times, three eighty-five, uh, the three touchdowns. Uh, one of the big plays though, was the fumble sack uh, right after, you know, which really put, you know, right after they had stopped the chiefs on fourth down, you're like, okay, time to build some momentum. Nope. Boom done uh once the Chiefs went up like was it 2010 I mean it, it, it was just all comeback time for them the rest yeah. of the way
2: yeah well you mentioned that that fumble by Brady I mean that was that one felt like okay they, they had a little bit of momentum they had gone down they got the touchdown uh to Mike Evans and then they had forced the the fourth down uh miscue by by Clyde Edwards Alaire, who oh. you know, not, not only would have picked up the first down but it looked like he had quite a bit of room to run so that that to me was a huge inflection point in this game. You're like, okay, if we're Tampa Bay, we didn't we didn't play this fourth down that well, but we got the stop. If we go down and we score here, all right, all of a sudden it could be 21-17, and we're feeling okay. And then first play of the drive for for Tampa Bay, fumble by Brady, Tampa or KC uh, set up, you know, basically at the 30 yard line, and and the game was essentially over. after it was that. so I, it it really felt like it, it could have gone a different way. Um, but you know, you start the game by fumbling the opening kick. You fumble again deep in, in KC territory. Um, that's just how it's going to go. you know. And, and the Tampa Bay defense looked awful, I thought, in this game. Maybe it was better just scheming by the Chiefs, better plays by Patrick Mahomes, who was locked in uh, really from the, the first series. But this was not the same defense that we saw the first three weeks of the year. I mean, KC uh, very easily could have scored five touchdowns on its first five possessions had it not been for that drop by Edwards O'Leary. But especially in the first half, they were just moving the ball at will.
1: Yeah. And usually I think of Edward Solera as a pretty good pass catcher. I think yeah. he lost in the lights a little bit there. The way he reacted to that ball, he didn't, he didn't pick it, it up. right. He kind that. of boxed it instead of like tried to catch it, but
2: exactly.
1: Uh, so I don't even think there's anything to read off of that. I mean, Pacheco looked good when he ran the ball, um, looked shot out of a cannon there. Um, he, he could be earning some more playing time. Although I still know if he's involved in the passing game at all. Uh, McKinnon, you know, he gets a lot of snaps. He, he, got that target in the red zone, got some carries in the red zone and uh, did nothing with it at all. Uh, Sky Moore, Okay. He got targets finally. So yeah, he exists. He lives. Uh, but it's really, you know, the guy that I, I'm just totally bummed out about is I have Juju some places and I'm still waiting for that first really big game. He hasn't had it yet.
2: Yeah. I mean, you, you like that, like the targets have consistently been there. Um, you know, it feels like he's kind of on the cusp of, of doing it. And um, you know, in this game, it, it's always going to be Kelsey ahead of him in the pecking order. And that was certainly the case. I mean, Kelsey had like six catches in the first quarter uh, of this mm-hmm. game, but, but Juju to me is still, he's still the guy I like the most in that receiving core by a lot, but it just, yeah, it just hasn't quite happened where he's been able to, to operate as anything close to a true number one. It's almost like he's a, a number two. They don't really have a number one. And then guys like MBS and Sky Moore and, and Hardman are more like the third and fourth guys, but yeah, it's been disappointing. I was, I was all in on Juju and you know, he's still been startable. He's been a, a very low-end starter. He, he's not giving you zeros every week, but it's been a lot of, like, you know, eight fantasy points, nine fantasy points, 12 fantasy points, not not exactly what we're looking for.
1: Yeah, uh, agreed, agreed. Um, on the Buck side, I mean, Evans is Evans. He did his thing. He got hit hard a couple times, including yeah. that first touchdown catch. Uh, two plays on that drive where he got drilled, but, you know, came back up. We saw Chris Godwin return. Seven for 59, 10 targets. They, he was very active in the passing game yep. julio was barely active
2: yeah they took one deep shot to julio uh you know didn't didn't complete that and that was about it um you know it, it with him it's so hard because he he felt like he was one of the only good things they had going in week one against dallas and then of course he he misses two more games and mm-hmm. we're back in in the same situation that it feels like we're always in with him um i don't know i mean when when evans and godwin are both healthy can you really justify starting julio I don't think so. I don't think so either. I don't. I mean, there's still going to be more in- gauge. Yeah. yeah. Right. Gage. I mean, yeah, I don't know, man. I, I think I, I love the idea of Julio. I love what, what he can bring to this offense. I, I think there will be three or four games the rest of the way where he is a big factor, but I also think the weeks where he's not putting up those games, it could look a lot like this, where it's one for seven. And if you did slot him in there as your third receiver, you threw him in as a flex, you're basically taking a zero.
1: Yeah, I think that's right. Uh, Tampa Bay gets a home game against the, uh, the Falcons turns out that might be actually kind of a big game coming up here. Yeah. Uh, Tampa Owen two at home, which is kind of, kind of weird, but uh, this is this, they need this one here because uh, their schedule is going to be tough later on. So this is when they got to have Uh chiefs home game against the Raiders coming up. Uh, that, that, that could be a big time shootout. I'm looking forward to seeing that one. That's the Monday night game too.
2: Yeah. Raiders have found ways to play the chiefs. Well, These last couple of years. Um, not I I wouldn't say with the Raiders winning this past week, it's not a complete must win, but also not exactly the team that you want to see on the schedule if if you're Las Vegas, especially uh with as great as Kansas City's offense looked in this game. I mean, they were this was just such a quintessential get right game for Kansas City. I mean, they they had the like the trick play at the goal line where Mahomes is like fake barking over to the sideline and all of a sudden a you know, a tight end just kind of scoots his way in there, takes a snap for an easy touchdown. Like they were They were operating with a, a level of confidence that we haven't seen since week one.
1: Yeah, they just, when they're rolling, they look different than every other team in football. I mean, they for just, sure. so many different ways they can beat you. Um, any other takeaways from this week before we sign off?
2: No, I remain optimistic about the Jags. Uh, you know, right. It's a loss. Uh, it's a loss that they were probably supposed to take. I get it. Um, but I, I still think they're the best team in the AFC South. Um, tell you what, I'm fired up for tonight too. 49ers Rams at San right. Francisco. I right. have uh, no idea how that game is going to play out whatsoever. I, I'm, I'm slightly leaning toward the Rams, but it uh, should be a fun watch. And, you know, we'll, we'll get to comment on that one live on XM tonight.
1: Yeah. Back-to-back uh, primetime games for the Bengals, too. They had the Thursday yeah. night game last week. Now they go to Baltimore for the Sunday night game. That's going to be a fun one. Yeah. They finally play a real QB. The QBs that they the Bengals have faced so far, Mitch Trubisky, Cooper Rush, uh, Joe Flacco and his 50-plus targets or attempts. Uh, and then the combination of Tua and Teddy Bridgewater. So it's a step up in class for them, obviously. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. And all their like Sunday night games, they're always on the road against the divisional team. So it, it, yeah. I, I've carped about that before. But I am really looking forward to that game. That should be a fun game. Although I think I think Baltimore's going to win. We'll see. But uh, we'll find out. Uh, looking forward to it. Thanks, everybody, for uh, tuning in. Uh, I want to thank everyone for uh, listening to the this podcast. And I want to thank our uh, – Our new sponsor, uh, No House Advantage. Appreciate them for coming on board. Uh, Got Jake and Joe with uh, Free Agents tomorrow. Thanks for listening to this podcast. Take care.